oh Street Fighter V, we hate you, we love you, and we're trying to figure out how to love you just a little bit more on today's episode of the Event Hubs podcast. Perfect. All right, everyone, welcome to the Event Hubs podcast where we love and simultaneously hate everything. <laughs> um, yes, yeah, so I am John Catalyst Gray, and with me is the very beautiful John Velociraptor Guerrero. Um, you don't usually call a man beautiful, but when you see him in person, you can't help but think beautiful. And how you, oh, yeah, thanks, see, boss. Yes, of course. So anyway, we, we were here to talk about Street Fighter V and why we kind of love and hate the game all at the same time. And one of the main things that, that I actually, uh, so getting steamrolled in this game is something that just really pisses me off. And it's kind of baked into the system of the game is all about commitment. The game is all about, hey, look, like there are no defensive options for like uh, crouch teching. You know, if, if you're going to throw, you're committing to that. And if someone baits a throw out, like that could be like the worst thing in your life. And it's why you see people, you know, like on the highlights we love to post, they're like, you know, getting thrown like five, six, seven, eight times in a row. It's like, look, I'm going to take the throw every single time. It's very commitment based. You never would have saw that in Street Fighter 4. And so it's simultaneously, again, kind of the whole theme of this podcast here uh, of why we love and hate the game, that commitment system stands out number one for me because I can no longer do an FADC on my DP on wake up. You know, hey, I've got a I've got a wake up option. I'm gonna FADC that, and you know what? Like, I don't care if I, you know, it, it doesn't matter, you know, because I'm safe or close enough to safe and whatnot. And in this game, you throw out that wake up DP, you're getting a crush counter, you are losing, you know, 300 uh, 300 hit points or whatever it is, and you are getting blown up for it. And, and that is kind of the essence of Street Fighter V and why I think this game is so encapsulates the love-hate relationship that people have with it. And I, I wanted to get your thoughts on why do you think that, that people are so up and down on this game? It's very rare that you hear people say, like, you know what, Street Fighter V, it's okay. Like, I, I don't know if I've ever actually heard that phrase in my entire life. Of, oh, yeah, the game's all right. You know, kind of think, like, I hate that. Or, like, I, no, I love it. Like, it's, it's a challenge and all that kind of stuff. Why do you think this game encapsulates that, that message so much that you hear? You know, Street Fighter V is a game of extremes in the sense that you either really, really lose or you really, really win, uh, at least emotionally, right? And so you were talking about waking up with DP and how you committed to that, and it either worked or it didn't. But when it, when it doesn't work, like you said, you get the crap kicked out of you. But when you hesitate and you don't wake up DP, that can be equally as punishing for you because if your opponent did the counter to just sitting back and blocking and you go, well, I could have woke up DP'd and it would have it trumped all of that, uh, it's very much one or the other. And when you pick the wrong thing, you get destroyed. And most of it comes down to understanding what your opponent wants to do. And that's a very hard thing to do because you're facing a different mind every like 10 seconds. And you have to figure out that mind and, and try to see where, like, how they think about the game, how they're approaching the match, all of these things. And it's just impossible to do that with with a ton of consistency um, without a lot of training, right? And a lot of atten attention to it. And, and that's what it com comes down to. We've talked about it as an emotional roller coaster. The bad is a very is a very deep, dark, frustrating, infuriating bad. And the good is, well, in my experiences, it's it's pretty good. It, it's not. I don't get as happy as I do angry at this game. Uh, I'll be right. I'll be frank, and and that doesn't mean that I don't enjoy playing it. But I, it does like very often. I, I feel like well, I didn't get defeated on, on a level of skill and technical understanding. I got defeated because they picked rock and I picked scissors. Mm -hmm. And a lot of the game is that. That's yeah. how it is. And and so the skill comes in when you're understanding your opponent. And there are reactions. There are proper spacing. There are proper setups to minimize your risk and and such. But a lot of the interactions come down to, did you pick the right thing? Did you read the opponent right? And for a lot of people, especially the way fighting games have developed over the years, 
uh, it's it's usually that's not where the main emphasis is. Usually the main emphasis is reading your opponent, of course, but also technical skill, execution, the precise little things like that. And Street Fighter Five kind of shies away from that. And we, you know, that's that's a discussion that's been had a million times since the game, you know, first came out. But yeah, I, I think that that kind of encapsulates why it can be so incredibly frustrating um, because oftentimes you feel like it wasn't it wasn't your opponent besting you; it was your opponent guessing better than you. So, okay, so we we're, we've kind of established. I don't think there's a person out there that feels like these games are not frustrating, especially when you lose. It's so demoralizing, and I've got a lot to say about that. But I want to circle back to this point in particular. Why do you, in particular, keep playing this game even though it pisses you off like that? Why are you still playing this this dumb game? You know, <laughs> when you're you're getting so mad and so frustrated. Yeah, I do want to point out um, that like I, I do have Street Fighter Five has definitely made me more angry than any other fighting game that I've ever played. Uh, that doesn't mean I hate it. Like, right. and that's the and that's the end of it. Like, there are times where I get very frustrated. I do I do dislike it at times, but I also, well, I guess I should say I don't hate it so much that I quit playing. I play the game right. every day for hours, um, barring any like you know just days where I'm out and I can't get to it. But like, it's something that I have in into my I, I've integrated into the, the routine of my life. I want to get better at. For me personally, it's because I'm pursuing like trying to go you know, pro and, and things like that and be that good and, and you know, make money off of it eventually, but like, you know, playing in tournaments, things like that. Like, that's where my, my aim is. And there is a certain satisfaction that comes out of understanding and leveling up and like studying something, either watching another player go through a situation where, where you've had a lot of frustration and, and failure and seeing how they deal with it and sometimes it's just the smallest little change and then you implement that and you see the results and like the the feeling of like the weight that gets lifted when you do something mm-hmm. like that yes. is very satisfying and that's true of like virtually any fighting game right so that's not special to street fighter 5 but that's also one of the things that i enjoy about it the other thing is as bad as it is when you get the crap kicked out of you um, you're also able to dish that out and that mm-hmm. is very fun as yeah. well and when you know you're putting pressure on an opponent and then you're like you know what they've been they've been getting hit quite a bit on wake up and I've been attacking quite a bit on wake up maybe they're gonna block this time I mean sorry maybe they're gonna DP this time and and you call it out and they do and then you get to kill them for doing that like there's a lot of satisfaction that comes in that right. uh, I was this morning, I was playing a player that I run into fairly frequently online. His name is No Respect. He's a Urian player, and he's a, he's Grandmaster rank, and so and, and he knows what he's doing absolutely. And I've mm-hmm. seen him place in like a, a tournament or two, you know, getting like top like I think ninth place in the most recent one, um, and it was a CPT event. So the guy knows what's up, and we run into each other. He usually gets the better of me, but it's been getting closer and closer. And today he was on a 19 game win streak, uh, and we got matched up. And I even said out loud quietly to myself in my room, like I'm going for your streak, No Respect. <laughs> and sure enough. <laughs> Um, it was close, but I got him. And then in, in like the second round, I was steamrolling him, pushed him all the way to the corner. I was reading all of the wake-ups right, and mm-hmm. at, he had like a sliver of health left. And on wake-up, I did an EXDP on his wake-up, mm-hmm. betting that he would push a button or try to do something and not block. And sure enough, it hit. So <laughs> perfect did no respect with one of the most disrespectful things you can do. <laughs> and that was very satisfying. And that came right down to a committed call-out. Right. Mm -hmm. And so there is something to be said about the satisfaction that comes with Street Fighter's nature. And the very thing that can make you feel upset about it can also make you feel like you're on top of the world. Like I said earlier, maybe not to the same degree. Like it makes me more mad than it makes me happy. But there are definitely redeeming qualities about this commitment system. If you, if you look at it in, in certain ways, you go, well, you know, all the players that are better than me, they're still put in that system as well, and therefore I can beat them. And it gives you legitimate hope when you think, like, just as much as you feel like, man, the players that are less skilled than me that still have a really good shot at beating me, the same goes for me up to the players that are better than me. And that's, like, that's exactly what they were going for. They want to make it so everyone can feel like they can win. And sure, you can. So there are some positive things to be said about the way Street Fighter V is set up. I, I've always went back to this point of people say, you know, the game is random. It's too, you know, it, it's, you can't be consistent enough with it. And I go, look, like Tokido, Infiltration, uh, those players have had dominance in this game 
like we've seen in a few other titles uh, for not sustained periods of time, but they've been very good. Punk was really, really strong in 2017 throughout most of the year until he lost to Evo to Tokido. Um, He'd won E-League. He was like purposefully going into loser's bracket of tournaments and coming back and just steamrolling people. There is consistency to be found. And then there's, you know, there's a little bit of a download going on there with a lot of these players. You know, it, it, that does happen. People catch up with you. But again, uh, it's not like Infiltration and Tokido are like, you know, they've fallen off the face of the earth when it comes to Street Fighter V. They're still right there. They're still right there among the best players on the planet. So it's... I, I always, again, like we talked about last week, it's like we put, it's better to put the blame on yourself than it is the game. You need to understand that what the game is and isn't. And when the, the results are truly random, then you know you have a random game. But when people are having consistency in there, you know that there's something to be found and there's levels that you can, that you can get to. You just have to figure out what those other players have figured out and then put in the time. And yes. that's a big thing for me. And again, it's it, whenever you're putting the blame on others, other people but yourself, you're usually setting yourself up for failure. This is not only in Street Fighter V. This is in other things in life. Yeah, other people are to blame for different things and whatnot. But the more you put on yourself, that's more stuff you can control. You cannot yes. control how Street Fighter V is or is not. But you can control how you approach it. And it's the same thing in life. And it's very important. It's a very good lesson to have for, for anyone, you know, kind of thing. So... Now, hearing you talk about the stuff, like, I'm hearing you say some different things you enjoy about Street Fighter V. You're trying to be a professional about it. You enjoy the reads aspect of it. I'm not getting a strong sense of love. I'm hmm. getting a sense of maybe more that you tolerate it. Like, am I off basis? Do you really love Street Fighter V or do you more tolerate it? Well, the reason you play fighting games, first and foremost, I think, uh, well, I can't speak for everyone, but I think the main appeal is to go into this mental problem-solving battle with another person who's, you know, just as able to think and, and manipulate and react as you are. And putting these two minds together and seeing who comes out on top, that's, there's a very enticing aspect to that, right? And so... For me, uh, that, that can be done through a lot of different... You could play chess. You could play any other fighting game. You could play whatever. For me, I like I, I put that in... I seek that in Street Fighter V because it's it's the main Street Fighter game. It's Capcom. It's, it's going to be supported. It's going to be around for a lot longer than most other games. And it's kind of just the franchise that I've decided to invest my time in. Um, and that's not to say that like you, you could take out of that, well you're just playing it because you're obligated to like meh, a little bit a little bit i'm i'm a little bit invested but I, i'm just going to interrupt you and say you're definitely obligated to on event hubs if you don't play well, that like you're done you know, gotta, <laughs> yeah you got to know no. it to, to be able to write about it and yeah. stuff too of course yes. no but we we don't actually force people to play street fighter 5 yeah, but yeah i just just messing with you but yeah so getting back to that idea that there is that mental battle and and again i, I understand you can get that from most any there's a lot of different avenues that could satisfy that i choose street fighter to be that but street fighter 5 very much does come down to mental you know stability you know perseverance and not getting put on tilt things like that and that's not as hidden behind i have like you were saying earlier like an option select with eight different ways out of it and this coverall and and this or that like you have to really see what your opponent's going to do and then play to the counter of that so there's a big part of it that's like there's it's really satisfying to win it i would say that i don't necessarily love it um, I enjoy winning, of course, like everybody does. Uh, so, so there's that, but that's not enough to say that I, that makes me love the game. I don't necessarily like dislike it to the point where I would say I like Street Fighter Five even more. I don't really even compare. I'm sorry, Street Fighter Four even more. I don't really even compare the two. It's just like I'm gonna play a fighting game. I've decided Street Fighter for the reasons I told you know said earlier. And Street Fighter V is the game in front of me. Okay, these are the rules. I'm going to learn within those parameters. I'm going to get frustrated sometimes. Sometimes I'm not. But, like, we're here to stay because I really enjoy that mental back and forth. And Street Fighter V absolutely does highlight that. And it is fun. Making the progress. Making the reads on the big and small levels. Seeing yourself defeating people that you couldn't before. Those are really, you know, exciting things. And Street Fighter V definitely satisfies all of those. For me, I actually love how brutal this game is. And I've talked about the commitment system before. And to 
just kind of expand a little bit about that, like, and, and use a maybe kind of an insulting comparison here, but the training wheels have come off with commitments. And look, like, you might have, like, 50 different option selects or whatever that you can pull off in Street Fighter Four, and they cover all these things and whatnot, but you're not thinking as much as when you have to make that big commitment. That, you know what, my opponent has DP'd me, you know, five times every single time I've tried to medium. Do I, you know, is a mental mind game like literally I'm going to do it again because he's, there's no way in heck he's going to do it, you know, another time? Or do I throw him or do I, you know, bait and do all that kind of stuff? Like in Street Fighter 4, you're not having to juggle that stuff. You do not have to. And it's something you've told me about multiple times. And I love the the, the, the talk that you give about this. You say that, look, I'm going to give you more things than you can possibly juggle in Street Fighter 5. And I'm going to blow you out of the damn water because of it. It's like, look, hey, I could juggle three balls. You know, kind of thing. Oh, yeah. Well, can you juggle 12 of them? It's like, no. <laughs> you know, kind of thing. And Pop I love Pop the Nuts V-Trigger and there you go. Yeah, 12 balls. <laughs> yeah there you go. And it, it, it's it, that's, that's the brilliance of this game. It's like, look, like the trading wheels are off. You better dig down and find what you've got in here. And yeah, it's it, it talks a little bit about the separation that you were mentioning earlier. Like, hey, you know, yeah, there's a top like, you know, 1%, 5% of players who separated themselves from everyone else. And then like there's a bunch of other people stuck in this like middle ground, you know, and but it's still it, that might be the case. But it's like, how do we get there then? Like, how has that one to 5% figured this thing out and they understand it and whatnot? And, and hearing Phenom talk about like when he uppercuts with Nikali, Nikali is such a regular character. Like he's just like throwing so many random things at you. Like I love the way that Phenom plays Nikali. It's how the character's meant to be played. It's how he looks. It's how everything is styled about him. It fits. And and you just never know where that DP is coming. And watching him in E-League, like, everyone's terrified of that DP. Like, it's just a DP. Like, it does, like, you know, what does Nikali's DP do? Like, 120 damage or 150 damage or something like that? And yet, all those pro players were afraid of it. He had instilled doubt and fear into them that, hey, I'm going to DP randomly. Um, his defense is so good. Like, I mean, I don't even think Nicole is that great of a character. I think he's very overrated. And I love seeing Phenom play that character at that high of a level and just commanding the respect of other people by doing it. And that's the beauty of Street Fighter V to me. That's what I like about this game. It's brutal. It's commitment. It's, it is that roller coaster of ups and downs. But damn, it's, it's going to hit you and it's it's going to hit you hard, but you're also going to hit that other player hard. And hopefully, after you've gotten pissed off at lifelong friends, said some things you can never take back, and just made a total uh, ass of yourself, hopefully after all that, you can come back and say, damn, like, let's play again. Let's try this other stuff and whatnot. This is what this game encapsulates. It is very much intense all over the place, but you can come back to it. You can keep playing. You can try new things. Uh, the, the little story you told about like crouching light kick against Laura's thunderclap, you know, kind of thing. It's like, oh, that's like, it's brilliant. And that's nice that you have this option in this game. All the buttons for the most part actually have a function. Like unlike Street Fighter 4, there's a lot of things that are going on in this game that are, that are great. Uh, one of the things I wanted to shift gears to actually is the online play component of the game. And some of the things that stand out for me here, uh, I love the blacklist. Uh, like basically if you run across people with bad connections, they go on a blacklist, you never have to play them again. And that is one of my favorite features actually of, of any fighting game. I don't know any other fighting game that has a blacklist right now. Obviously the, the online players, there's tons of them to play against. Um, the amount of players just playing, uh, like it's, it's pretty much like I can almost always run across a game and usually a good five bar connection. Like I only set my connection to five bars and then I, I just kick it in training mode and wait for someone to come in. And usually the matches are pretty steady. Um, I mean that, and then the CFN, how it works, like having stats going in there, being able to look at replays, like. I ran across a Falk player uh, who was doing her DP like all the time, and the uh, the block stun on that is really, really, really long. And so I tried to crush counter punish it, and it's like I hit the button multiple times, and it still didn't go because. And then I'm like, oh, like it was very easy for me to go back in on CFN and look at the replay and see what I did wrong and adjust for the future. Versus like, okay, I'm gonna hit my head against the wall like a few times and then go on and deal with it. So again, uh, on on a, a note of love for me, again, the online play really stands out, but. What is your experience typically like when, when you play online? You know, uh, people like to kind of crap on online play across the board with every other every other fighting game ever. And it's like, it's not perfect yet by, by any means. Um, and oftentimes you'll hear people talk about like, the only time they'll say something good about a game's online play is when they're trying to make another game look worse. Right, so like, <laughs> this isn't as bad as, you know... Or, or at least, you know, Mortal Kombat or whatever had, and I don't think Mortal Kombat's a great example because I've heard that their online is really bad. But 
comparatively, I think Street Fighter Five is the best online that I've ever played in. Um, and mm-hmm. I played, you know, MK9, a little bit of MKX, uh, and a ton of Street Fighter Four. Street Fighter Four was like playable, but it was very, very noticeable. And I think that well, we're here in 2018, and things are as good as they probably can be. Uh, you know, like if, if you're in another part of the world, like Korea or Japan, I hear they have a better internet and stuff like that. But like for you know, if you're talking about North America and such. The internet, you know, it is what it is right now, and I think Street Fighter V is pretty dang good, especially compared to, to most other experiences. It'll get better over time, and, and it'll, I think we'll get to a point where it's like online's the same as playing offline. It's very much not the case right now, but uh, it, it's it's been very good for me. Like, mm-hmm. I don't... There, there are certainly some matches where, you know, you're hopping around, and, and then you don't have to rematch that player if you don't want to, and you can blacklist them and things like that, but as often as I was like that match was decided by lag for sure or like that was a main influencer when I was playing Street Fighter 4 that happens much less frequently with Street Fighter 5 and so of course there are going to be hiccups and and if you're going in and and, and you're upset about that it's like well yeah of course you're going to be a little bit peeved by it but you also expect it it's like that's going to happen that's where we're at and Street Fighter 5 has been pretty damn good to me online so I I can't I can't really complain And, and to those that you know, it, it, that say it's really, really bad. Well, I, I, it's probably your connection, man. Because, yeah. I, I mean, uh, in the two places that I've lived since Street Fighter Five has come out, and I've played online, and uh, I've gone out of my way to, you know, like I've, I've bought internet specifically for when I game. Yeah, it, I again, I bought the best package I could from my ISP to get a better connection online. I went and upgraded all my equipment. I've got, you know, um, a faster modem, a faster uh, router, all that kind of stuff. It makes a difference. I noticed. I don't know, maybe about a 10, 20% difference for paying about double what I was before for my internet connection, but that's, that's reality. That's how the internet works and whatnot. That's what you have to do. Uh, go out there, do that stuff. I will just say that like my best online experience ever has been with the Arxis games on the previous console generation, uh, Persona 4 Arena. Um, Arxis did a brilliant job with the code of their previous generations of game. Uh, so I think there's a little bit of improvement that Street Fighter V can make with their uh, rollback net code, but generally speaking, it holds up pretty well with most of the modern titles. And, and it's like, mm-hmm. look, at that point, like, I mean, you're kind of comparing apples to oranges and it's, uh, what are you going to do? You know, so anyway, uh, moving right along, something that, that really does piss me off about this game, because I've talked a good bit about what I like about it. I will say the game is too geared towards offense and there's not enough defensive options or characters, in my opinion, in this game that kind of let you feel that. It's like, okay, hey, I want to play defense. Okay, we'll go play Guile. Uh, I don't want to play Guile. I want, you know, some other characters. I do play Monat, and she does have some defensive options, but just the risk-reward in this game of of playing offense versus defense feels a little bit too skewed towards like, hey, you know what? I'm just going to go in there and rush down kind of, uh, uh, what did you say, uh, Devour Hour Hour with uh, Nikali. You're mm-hmm. like, yeah, that, that's how I have to play. You know? And that's, that is Nikali. I get that. But like, maybe not every character should be that way. And it feels like the game is a little bit too biased in that regard. And I'd like to have a few more interactions in there. And I think Capcom's done a good job with putting in damage scaling with like crush counters. I think it was a great change. It has helped change the meta up a little bit, but I'd still like to see a little bit more of that. But how do you feel? Yeah. Um, offense is is very clearly still the the main kind of thing for, for most characters. Uh, even Guile and Minot, they, they really shine when they're able to go in on you. They're just also the ones that are able to hang back probably more effectively than anybody else. I do think that more defensive options would make the game uh, a little bit deeper. And that, I think, would ultimately lead to a, a more a richer experience. I, I don't want to start making like coveralls. Uh, very clear that right. like I don't want so that like I don't want a defensive option that beats both throw and jump and you know whatever like like the option selects of Street Fighter Four. But maybe if like V reversals were more effective, you know like I don't know Mortal Kombat has combo breakers. I'm I'm kind of hesitant to go as far and extreme as saying something like that could be introduced. But something that could give defenders. A little bit more reward, I think, would still help the game a little bit. But I have to say that, like you said, the crush counter nerfs, uh, I'm sorry, the crush counter damage scaling and the V-trigger activation damage scaling have been huge Mm -hmm. in making this game less demoralizing. Because you get hit with a random crush counter cancel into V-trigger in neutral, that's already like, what, like four 
steps of damage scaling and when it used to be like none right or one or two because of just like two moves and you would just get melted for half of your life because of a random interaction you still get hit with those random interactions now but they're they're definitely not as severe and i think that's a really big plus for the game so yes maybe a little bit more on the defensive end and i haven't thought about it enough to really articulate exactly what that would be but i do agree that that bolstering the defense a little bit more would be good one of the things that we talked about was when you're trying to level up with this game, you feel like it's hard to see your progress. It's hard to see like, hey, you know what? I just practiced with my friend. We played 100 matches. And you try to take that into like a random online session or you try to take it up against very clearly lesser players. Um, and and then you get blown up for it. You get blown up for trying high-level tactics on lesser players. And it, it's very hard. There's a lot of Street Fighter Five that we don't understand yet. You know, we had Street Fighter 4 for, man, what was it, 2008, I think it came out in arcades. Uh, and then it lasted all the way up until, like, when did we kind of, like, actively as a community? 2016. So, 2016. so it would have been 09, 10, uh, another, like, so seven, seven, seven eight years. Seven, eight years. That's a long time. And with Street Fighter 5, we haven't, we're just really now starting to kind of unpack the, the, the meta of the game and really filling the ins and outs of, like, kind of how it works. And I think that... I think the high-level players really have a great grasp of it, but I think a lot of the the lower-level players, something we talked about earlier, is like the, those people that are kind of stuck in the pack that are grinding away at it and maybe not making the progress. Yeah, the, the volatility of the game, um, the being skewed towards offense and reads and all that kind of stuff, like that's part of it, and that's definitely a thing. But there's also... Like Justin Wong talked about, like, hey, you know, those 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 heavy horizontal traveling moves, like, you know, Urian's tackle and all that kind of stuff. That's a negative, too. Like, they, you're in on someone instantly. And he's like, yeah, you know what's coming, though. If you, uh, man, I loved when he said this, uh, when you were playing Nikali and Dream King and I were trying to figure out how to beat him. Like, guys, like, it's not a matter of if I'm going to dash forward once I activate V-Trigger, but when I'm going to dash forward. Like, I'm going to do it. Like, you you have to know it's coming. And and that's, it's actually a big thing. It's funny, you said it to us, like, you know, a year ago or however long, and it stuck with us for this entire time. And now we realize that, well, hey, John is going to, our Raptor's going to, you know, dash forward at us and whatnot. Like, it's coming, like, be ready for it and then blow him up when he finally does it you know, kind of thing. And once you pick up on that, once you start unpacking the nuance of this game, people forget like with Street Fighter 3, they say, oh, Street Fighter 3 was a much better game or Street Fighter 4 was a much better game. You had years to perfect your craft with that. A lot of technology, a lot of time spent. This is a, a very different game. And it's that's actually one of the things I love about this. It's a, the challenge of le- learning a new game. It's very frustrating. It's very like, oh, I hate this. Like I could be doing so much better in Street Fighter 4 with Rose where I just press crouch and medium punch a hundred times and I win. That's so much more, you know, but it's hmm. uh, that's what I would do, you know, kind of thing. And it would work. And that was that game. I could do that, you know, tell the cows come home and you couldn't do much about it. But Street Fighter 5 brings that new flavor to it. You know, now I've got Monat and she's this technical beast and I've got to juggle a bunch of things. And but now that 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 phrase that you said about making the opponent juggle a bunch of balls in the air, you've got to juggle 10 balls like, oh, wow, that's like it creates such a beautiful opportunity for me to expand my game into ways I never thought of before. And it's like, yeah, like I, I can play I can play rush down now. I can I can rush the opponent down and then kind of go back and zone them out a little bit. And but when I finally get in, like I'm making them think about five orbs around their head, a sphere behind them. I'm going high. I'm going low. I've got a super, which is really cheap that I can do a fuzzy guard into and all this all this other really cheap stuff like it's the opportunities there are very cool and people get so into crapping on a game and and like ah you know I don't like this I don't like that they sometimes forget to see what is there the opportunities that are presented and just learning that and how cool that is and once you finally do wrap your head around that the success that you can have another one of the most satisfying things I don't run into Nikali very often online because he's not that common of a character at least not when I play for whatever reason you know, I take my own advice too. And when Nikali activates, it's the scariest, one of the scariest things because you have, not only is he visually bigger and you know, it's hard to see because of his hair and all that stuff. And now you know that his movement's faster um, and, and he becomes very scary. And this is again, a commitment-based game. The answer a lot of the times to V-triggered Nikali is walk forward. And he'll, <laughs> because, because he's going to try to dash forward most often and when he does that like he has a fixed amount of area where he can't block if he's dashing and it's bigger when he's in v-trigger because it's like this huge leaping dash i like to walk forward against v-trigger nikali's and 
they're going to do that dash forward and I just hover for me my, my poke button in this situation is medium kick I just hover my finger over medium kick and as soon as that forward movement comes bam hit him with it and that's one of the most satisfying things because mm -hmm. the counter and it's like not an intuitive one because you're like oh my gosh this guy has so much potential I'm going to down back and try to you know save my life but the counter actually is walk forward into it with bold readiness and aggression and then once he does that thing that that opens him up you hit him for it being able to make that kind of a read and understand that that you know that this is coming at you and to face it head on and then do it and then be successful with it and you won't every time sometimes he's going to jump sometimes he's going to do a stupid slash move where it's not even safe but you're not ready for it and it hits you like there are other options for sure but but a lot of times <laughs> it's going to be that forward dash and um it's it's being able to identify small things like that that in places that are not as intuitive. I want to backpedal just a little bit because you were talking earlier about um, the consistency. And we're in, like, in my experience, Street Fighter 4, if you were, let's say, one of the top 10% of players in the world, then you could consistently beat pretty much all of the 90% that were below you. In Street Fighter 5, it's like the top 1% of players in the world can be consistently better. But if you're like 2% or lower, you're in this big middle pool where anything can happen. So just because you're like top 2%, you can still lose to like the 50 percentile player and it's not that weird. Um, so being consistent is very hard and you go, well, how do I get there? How do I get to that consistency level of like knuckle do? And there was recently we posted a, an interview where Luffy was talking about knuckle do's play, for example. Mm -hmm. And he had played them recently at some, uh, some major tournament. It might've been combo breaker. I'm not sure. But Luffy was analyzing every time he got in, he was playing Mika, Dew was playing Guile. Mm -hmm. Every time he got in, Dew was not doing wake up flash kick or, or interrupt flash kick. And it got to the very last round. And then Dew did flash kick, not on wake up, but after like a jab. So like a tick, because Mika's, you know, tick is like, she puts you in a mix up because she, is she going to command grab or is she going to attack you? Do saved it till the very end. And then that tiny place where I, I don't think a lot of players think about an interaction between like a tick jab into the next movement. They're thinking about, you know, when you're on wake up, obviously that's a place where everybody thinks about the options of an opponent. Mm -hmm. um, and, and that's like a big like fork in the road as to where the game's going to go or the round is going to go after that interaction. But like do had the nuance to understand that something's there's a fork in the road a possibility of going a different direction after luffy's tick and he chose to put his reversal dp there mm -hmm. and it worked not only because that's a that's an interesting place that do was aware of but also because he knew that Luffy was watching for that kind of a thing and he didn't use it until the very end and then in the last round he used it twice and they ended up being at very crucial places and to see Luffy I mean you should go back and watch it it's it's not too far buried on the site right now just look up you know Luffy interview it was by Gauntlet TV um, and, and he talks about, like, this was my thought process, this was Knuckle Dew's thought process, and this is how it all went down and interacted, and this is why what he did and what he was thinking worked. And, you know, to, like, the untrained mind, you're just like, well, yeah, Dew just did a random DP there and it worked. It's like, no, there was a lot of thought that went into that whole process, and there were two full games that went into that process, mm -hmm. or three or whatever. And I think that is one of the things that separates the 1%, the top 1% from everybody else is that you're aware and that you're able to condition on that intricate, sophisticated, nuanced level. Yeah. And Knuckle Dew is actually one of the players that's had the most consistency in Street Fighter V since it was released. Mm -hmm. And he was great in Street Fighter Cross Tekken. Um, and then I think he was uh, at the end of Street Fighter IV's life, he had a good amount of success in that game. It wasn't unbelievable. Yeah, he had a top eight at Evo. Yeah, yeah so he was, he was doing very well. And so he's been able to carry things over. Uh, it's I don't want to say he's a player that's under the radar, but he's probably a little bit underrated in how mentally strong he is at fighting games. He's so adept. I, I've watched him, uh, I think we talked about it last week, but he, when Abigail was just running rampant and destroying everyone in tournament and whatnot, he was the only player I saw who it would just uh, wait for Abigail to charge up and to do his guard break stuff and just take the guard break right to the face, you know, kind of thing and say, look, like, yeah, like Abigail's incredible, but like when he does a guard break, his damage scale is incredibly. So I'm just going to like set him up for that every time and I'm just going to take it to the face. And then 
when Abigail starts going like, okay, like I'm, I now I have to set up like guard break options. That's when you saw saw Knuckle do like start jumping and doing other things and and start to mix up Abigail once once he established that hey, look, I'm gonna take the guard break. Now all these other options opened up for him. And again, just watching do unpack this stuff and like seeing like his mental composure, like I watch him get perfected and, and he's just sitting there scratching his chin going, Hmm, like, what can I do differently? Like he's not rattled. Uh, he, you haven't messed with the guy at all. And it's like, wow, like he's on a very good level and on a very good wavelength with how he approaches things. He doesn't win everything, but man, he has a really good approach to stuff. Uh, we have to get him off of Fortnite so he can continue to, <laughs> to, to you know, dominate Street Fighter Five. But besides that, like he, he's really phenomenal to watch. Uh, and again, that's why you study top players. You see the things that they're doing. Um, you you find out stuff like I, I you know I never would have think like hold forward when Nikali is coming after you and like you know use it to just go around his moves. But I never thought like jumping forward towards Abigail was the best answer. And I thought V Trigger Two was like just. A stupid, unbelievably dumb move that Capcom put in the game, and it turns out like one of the the easiest things to do to counter it is jump forward. And you'll oftentimes like jumping away from it is what you want to do. That's what we're taught to do against grapplers: jump away, get the heck away from them. You jump towards V Trigger Two. Oftentimes you'd fly over it. You might get a punish on the other end. Uh, a lot of stuff that that Abigail does towards you jumping towards him like he actually has a very difficult time hitting directly above his head and behind him uh he has no trouble hitting in front of him and above him like diagonally forward like he covers kind of the whole screen once he gets in a certain point uh but jumping over that like it will oftentimes you'll be able to hit his recovery and then blow him up for it and so yeah a lot of this stuff is counterintuitive it's like uh i don't want to do that like i but it goes back hey this is a brand new game humble yourself a little bit realize there's a lot to this there's a lot going on start trying to look at how top players and other people are approaching this stuff and apply it to your own game again the moment you think like ah this game is stupid you're setting yourself up for failure you are setting yourself up to not learn and to not get better when infiltration tokido other players are having continued and sustained success it is there to be found you just have to find it and it's very hard in this game to see what the top players are doing that's different because it's not as flashy. In Street Fighter 4, you had these really long, drawn-out combos with cancels and things and one-frame links, and you go, oh, man, so that's the difference. When you see Daigo do the the, the evil Ryu combo um, that, like, <laughs> just is demoralizing to get hit by and takes some Momochi all the way to the corner and things like that, you go, okay, well, there's the clear difference. I can't do that combo consistently in tournament, but Daigo can, so that's why it's different. But in this game, you will see... You brought up Phenom earlier. Phenom... His answers are what? He can jump forward, he can wake up DP, he can DP through strings, he can dash forward. They're, they're simple, simple things, and that's true for virtually every character. Um, and, and you go, well, like, I can do those things. Those are also the, those are well within my wheelhouse as a lower level player. What, why are they working for these guys? When, when I do it, I just get DP'd. And again, it comes down to that conditioning. So say you're like, you're, you're Phenom, right? You're Nikali. Well, if you're playing footsies and you keep sticking out like standing fierce, right, uh, or, or crouching medium punch, and you're you're directing your opponent's attention to these moves in the in the neutral, where it's like I gotta worry about that because those that's like a crush counter or that's a, a move that can combo and lead to damage and lead to steamrolling into the corner. So then you've got your opponent's attention and you you bring their you force their focus onto the horizontal, and this goes back to like the juggling balls thing. You force their focus down into the horizontal. Then when they're looking for trying to not get hit by Fierce Punch, or you know that they see you walking forward into the range where Fierce Punch becomes a thing, and then you jump, you don't have time most of the time to to realize, oh, he's jumping now, because you're worried about the, the moves on the ground, and that opens up that uh, that forward jump that, that's very threatening, and you're not going to be ready to anti-air most of the time. And sometimes you are, whatever. That's a little bit of damage and, and a reset situation, but sometimes you're not. And when you're not, holy crap, does that do a lot of damage? Does that give a lot of momentum um, and, and things like that? And so, so you have that on every different level. You just have to see how... Uh, pro players are using the simple tools that are available in Street Fighter V that you can use too very easily to manipulate the opponent's mind. Mm -hmm. This game is a mental game before anything else. And I think that having a sound mind and a strong ability to 
to one, um, be able to do that mental dance, and two, not get tilted when things don't go your way is a huge part of this game, more so even than in other games. Yeah, I totally agree. Uh, One of the examples you and I were talking about was Tokido and Mena RD actually at Capcom Cup. Mm -hmm. And we're seeing now with Mena, I don't know what's shifted for him, but he's definitely getting a good bit more upset uh, in tournament. And this last tournament, actually, he talked about dropping Birdie, of all characters, uh, the the character he's known for, uh, because he feels like the consistency is off with him. And, and we're seeing him get more salty at E-League and other things like that. Uh, I personally feel that Mena is one of the best players of Street Fighter V still right around. I'm putting him, you know, top five, top three, somewhere around there. I think he's an incredible player still. But he's having a difficult time dealing with stuff. And I think uh, we actually saw this with Punk very, very clearly uh, at E-League. He... He was not doing well before E-League happened. And then he went to, you know, this last week at E-League and ended very well. And then he posted on Twitter right afterwards. He's like, guys, like I have like a, I forget the terminology used, but like it was the equivalent of like, I have a confidence or a swagger about me that I feel like has been missing. And all of a sudden it came back and all of a sudden he's very successful at E-League. And I, again, I saw it in his play. And when he's, when Punk is mouthing off to you and telling jokes and doing his, you know, theatrics and whatnot that he does, that is the most dangerous Punk that you can find. Uh, No pun intended there. Uh, But uh, that is where he is at his best. And he is such a phenomenal, incredible player to watch there. And when he gets shook, that is where he's at his most vulnerable, like most players. And you can see when he gets shook, he's thinking about things too much. He's he's not, you know, in that state of commitment and and he's not operating at the highest of level that he needs to be at. And mental composure in this game is I I thought Street Fighter V's mental or Street Fighter IV's mental composure was very important, but you don't have as many crutches to rely on in Street Fighter V as you do Street Fighter IV. And so your mental composure Slipping at one point in time with the the volatility of this game, it can cost you everything and you're done kind of thing. Like you get shook one time, you're dead, you know, and and it's just just seeing that and seeing how important it is to keep that mental edge, that mental focus kind of thing. It's just it's it's very interesting. And I I play Monat, very high technical character, uh, other things like that. Like you mess up one time, you're dead Uh, because she has very few defensive options when she's on, you know, been knocked down into the Oki. Um, Street Fighter V takes that to a very high level already, but Manat, my goodness, like she just does not have very good options there. And so wrapping your head around that, realizing that, hey, you know what, like when things go bad, uh, inevitably they, they're going to in Street Fighter V. Like Street Fighter V is going to throw bullcrap your way once or twice in a set no matter what it seems like. And you have to deal with that. You have to deal with my, oh, my opponent got a lucky crush counter. Or, you know, they hit a button here. Why did they hit a button here? There was no precedent established for that. You have to deal with that stuff. And once you kind of wrap your head around that, the game becomes a little easier to deal with, that you're going to get hit by it. You're going to get steamrolled. And from there, you kind of build out like your your mental fortitude and you start to stay on top of things a little more. So you, I, I would put punk and mena into a similar if not the same exact category they are both very young players and very new to the competitive scene and what we're seeing with them is both have already shown they have the ability but now they are facing the next level and that is they have to maintain confidence and 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 that ability and that that read based play uh, and and to be consistent in that after you have Tokido and Daigo and Nemo and and players like that specifically target you and specifically go back and watch your tapes to understand how you play, they're going to counter you and you're going to lose a little bit and you're going to get hit with those crazy things and and you're not going to win every CPT event. You know, you're going to win three in a row if you're Punk or whatever. You're going to win Capcom Cup if you're Mena, but you better believe that the pendulum's going to swing back because that's how this all works. It happens for everybody. And when that happens, you have to have the mental fortitude, like you were talking about, to pursue through or or persevere through all of that and to keep things uh, uh, centered. And what I think we've been seeing from Punk and Mena is that 
they're having to figure that out. Mm-hmm. And, and and from Twitter, you've seen Punk say things like when, when he was, was doing more, you know, like not as good as he was. I don't want to say poorly because he was still doing amazing right. at Pro Tour events. He just wasn't winning them or getting top eight every time. Right. Um, and for him, that's like, oh, you know, you're doing poorly. Sure. <laughs> uh, but and, and, and so you go, you see him take to Twitter and complain or blame things like there's like an input, le- uh, an input like glitch or something like that at combo breaker and then you know complaining about the the bluetooth lag on monitors at at another event and and again getting out of that it's my fault it's versus it's something else's fault uh mena complaining a lot uh, about things and being demoralized you can see it in his face when he when he loses and gets frustrated and things like that like that's part of being a pro player is learning how to deal with these things and i think that both of these players are very skilled and both of them are more than capable but this is the lesson that they're at right now and with punk at e-league he was just able to get back on that high of of being confident maybe because like the first match kind of went his way and he just rode that wave which is good but he'll need to be able to do that consistently even after he loses even after he gets knocked into losers bracket mm-hmm. or doesn't win a tournament he'll need to come back to the next one without being shook by that yep. and then so i call attention over to tokido who has been around doing this for a very long time and it's recently been highlighted you know both through like interviews with born free and through uh, his appearances at e-league his training goes beyond the training mode it's in his everyday life the Mm -hmm. things that he eats the way he like does these little exercises to keep the blood flowing keep him in a good place um, physically and mentally and like spiritually and all of these these parts of it that you don't really necessarily think about first when you're talking about fighting games but he does the meditation and and in a recent interview uh, from combo breaker he talked about when you're meditating you're just trying to focus at least in this form of meditation trying to focus on your breath right and you think breath goes in you know it satisfies it goes out and you just think about that and that kind of clears you of everything else well when you're doing that inevitably there's going to be some kind of an interruption a sound or something like that 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 comes in from from the world around you and it's going to grab your attention in that moment you're going to be distracted and it's going to take away from what you're doing but the idea is you as quickly as it comes in you acknowledge it you go okay that was an interruption and then you just kind of shoo it away and you go right back to what you were doing. You don't linger and you don't go, oh no, now I've been interrupted. Oh, well now this whole thing is is on tilt. And then you think about yourself, thinking about yourself being interrupted and it's this whole, you know, line of, of, of being taken away from the meditation. Well, he likens that to when you're playing, getting hit with just the, the random bullcrap that we're talking about. You know, like the, the character did a, a DP when they were negative two and you got hit by that and that took you totally out of your focus. Same thing. It's as quick as that happens, you shoo it back away, you say, it happened, I accept it, back to the game plan, back to the solid play. You don't think about it, you don't dwell on it, you don't get mad and say, oh, that shouldn't have happened. Like, you're right, but that doesn't do you any favors while you're playing. And that happens in the immediacy of a single match or a single round, and that also applies in the tournament-to-tournament basis where where you're like, "I, I lost there, I should have done better. Well, acknowledge it and then move on from it and play your game the way you know the game works and don't get shook. And Tokido is a master at that. Even when he was, um, he lost at Capcom Cup, obviously, to Mena. But if you go back and you watch his play, even though Birdie is one of the characters that can absolutely shake you the most because he's just making, in a lot of those instances, like 50-50 kind of guesses that are, are more in his you know favor. And hats off to Mena for being able to make those reads, especially on a player like Tokido. But like every single time he got hit with like, you know, a, an EX command dive or whatever, it, to me, you go, oh my gosh, like how did that work? Uh, and you start to think about your whole life and like how you're worthless as a player and how that shouldn't have been a thing or how this guy is just relying on stupid stuff and you have all of these things that come in and interrupt your your natural flow and then of course what does that lead to well you're still right there in the round you still have the rest of it to play and and if you're distracted by those things you're done mm-hmm. and tokido consistently was getting hit by that kind of stuff but he kept coming back he still got a game after the reset he was still making rounds close um, mena's reads were much better that day and and he was definitely the player that deserved to win but you could see tokido still fighting getting shook And so I would say, if you want to level up, we've talked earlier about how mental of a game Street Fighter V is. 
you know how to do your combos and it's up to you to hit those but if you want to have a fighting chance you also have to be able to play on a mental level and be able to shake it off when things don't go your way because they're not going to go your way always but if you can shake that off and then just continue playing your game you're going to see a lot more success yes and realize that great players want to get you on tilt as much as humanly possible because you're, you are not at your best at that point as we're talking about. Mena RD, he's one of the specialists in that. He plays a character that infuriates others because of, hey, guess what? I did a bullhorn. I'm unsafe. No, I'm not really unsafe at all. And now you're dead. You know, kind of thing. And, and that is a that is a brilliant character to play, especially in a game like this, if you can adjust to that style. If you can make the other player think that your character is complete bullcrap and is unfair and dominant and stuff like that, that is great. And that is a you great, win. <laughs> yep, that is a great advantage to have. And Birdie was just sitting there. Um, and again, other players played Birdie, you know, before Mana RD. But he took him to a level that no one else was able to do. And he took it like with very brilliant, frustrating play. Like just he would do these sweeps that, oh man, I loved his sweeps. And I, I loved his uh, dolphin dive, the ex dolphin dive stuff he was doing. It's just, it was so well crafted and so brilliant. And I could see what he was doing. And so many other people just wanted to discount what Meta RD was doing. It's just uh, it's like, oh, you know, he's, he's random and other stuff like that. It's like, look, this dude is not random. He's playing on a different level and a different clip than other people expect. And yeah, he's trying to frustrate you. And he does, you know, it's not like everything is 100% calculated and whatnot. This is fighting games. Everyone throws out moves to see how people will react or deal with them. Not every single thing you do and every button you press is calculated. But most of his stuff is calculated to either frustrate you or to make you think it's not coming. And then he hits you with it. Uh, when you're dealing with someone like Tokido, who has some of the best reactions around and some of the most experience around, and you're able to consistently hit him with the EX Dolphin Dive with Birdie, you are doing something. You are doing something very special. So there's a lot here. And it's, it's of course, just not the, the mental stuff and whatnot. You still need your tech, too. I, I mean, let's be very clear here that Tokido very much studied the birdie matchup um, in anticipation of playing Mena RD at Capcom Cup. I don't know if it was, you know... Uh, after top eight was decided or where this happened at, but he had some brilliant tech for, for birdie and, you know, uh, Mena loves to do the zonk knuckle with birdie, you know, where he flies at you uh, with his head and just like, it's got like a bunch of invincibility and works like really well. I don't, I don't know all the properties of the move, but he would get Mena RD pinned down and then do EX air fireball knowing that a Zonk was coming and it would blow up Mena RD's uh, Zonk knuckles or Zonk headbutts or whatever you want to call them. And that was tech I actually never had seen from any other player and Tokido had researched it and put that in there. You know, there's, it's not just a mental game. You need to have this tech in your back pocket. There's, there's, it's a multifaceted approach you're doing here to level up in fighting games. <laughs> well, I think that's going to pretty much round us out for this episode of the Event Hubs podcast. This is number four, yeah? Uh, so we're, something like uh, that. We're losing track, I think, already. It's, uh, we're getting into that's it. That's a so. good sign. Yeah. <laughs> we're, we're getting through. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, so, so thank you to everybody that's listened thus far. If you could, like always, please go and give us a review on iTunes. That helps us out quite a bit. Mm -hmm. Tell your friends about it. Tell your family. Uh, anything else that you want to add? Nope. That's, uh, that's perfect. All right. Adios, guys. <laughs>